Yo, uh, welcome back to another episode of the Dual Vision Podcast. This is the co-host, Dominic. I'm with my co-host, Devin. You know what I'm saying? How you doing, big brother? What's up? How you feeling this week? What's up, man? I feel pretty good, man. Um, you know, just working the usual, uh, going through film, uh, senior bowls coming up. So going to do a ton of coverage on that. But other than that, doing pretty good. Just, you know, trying to stay fit, healthy and uh, prosper in 2021. What's up with you? How you feeling? Same way, you know, prosper in all 2021. Just trying to get to this bag. Definitely trying to run some bands up, you know, the usual, working out, going to the gym and stuff like that. So just trying to continue to build my health and try to build some wealth for this year, for sure. We have a lineup today of what we want to discuss. Um, so I really, I want to get into it, man. Um, so we have a new president. His name is Mr. Joe Biden. I want to know the, well, the topic what we want to get into is basically, you know, expectations for our new president. So I want to get your take on what you think and what you expect from Mr. Joe Biden as president. Well, first and for foremost, uh, we won't be hearing a lot from him, really. We won't see him in a ton of headlines. Um, you know, we won't see him tweeting uh, nonsense uh, that the previous previous presidency did. And uh, we're going to see kind of a back to normal, boring president, I think. You know, it's not going to be one of those things where he's making public appearances and doing all these rallies and such. So I think we're going to going to kind of get back to normal where the president isn't going to be the top story every single day and what he's saying or what he's doing. Obviously, you know, he already signed some executive orders and, and some other things uh, already in office. Um, but really, I, I think the expectation, you know, really socially is that he's not going to be, you know, out here, you know, saying crazy, ridiculous things. It's going to be one of those things where he's kind of to normal presidency, you know, not, not going to be, you know, talking much about the media, saying the media is fake news, all the kind of drama we had really uh, with our pr previous president. So that's the first and foremost thing. Secondly, uh, I think, you know, would go probably address next is obviously the pandemic, you know, trying to make sure that everyone's getting vaccinated and, you know, trying to control this, this growth. Cause it, you know, we thought that, we got to a point where it's starting to decline, but, you know, numbers right around the holidays start shooting back up and, you know, we're still trying to get this under control almost a year. Uh, we're, we're about like uh, a little over a month from being, um, you know, a, a year in the pandemic. So hopefully he'll be doing that and, and providing more money for Americans, you know, the stimulus checks, we got to get more than $600. So, there's been talks about getting an additional 1400 so you get people get 2000 total and i think you're going to have to continue to to be able to do that and, and sign those into law so people are not struggling continuously in this pandemic and you know a lot of businesses have already closed down lo local and small businesses so they already been hit hard by this pandemic so it'll be very very uh, beneficial of him to 
try and, and make sure that with this pandemic, we're one, getting un- under control, and then two, making sure that Americans have money, you know, especially if they're out of work. So I think those are the most important things that he needs to do. And then obviously some other things I'm sure you'll probably address on at some point, maybe the student loan debt. I've heard talks about that potentially wiping that. So that that's something that, you know, a lot of college students out there and even adults are, are hoping will happen. And just in general, uh, just getting back to a point where, you know, when we're going to talk to foreign powers and, and things like that, we build those relationships back. So I think just in general, in, in terms of the presidency, I think we're going to go back to not really making too much headlines unless he's passing a law or bill. And, you know, there's going to might be a lot of, you know, news companies out there like Fox News and such that try and pinpoint every little thing he does and, you know, trying to say he did this or did that or anything like that. But really, I think it comes down to just having respect for the presidency. I think we're going to get back to that and, you know, people viewing it as what it should be, not someone that's coming in and and trying to do whatever he wants and, you know, building narratives and and saying that, you know, the media is bad and all that. So I think we're going to get back to a more, I won't say normal presidency, but more accustomed to seeing where, you know, we're not talking about him every moment of every day. So that's kind of what I think. Uh, What about you? What do you kind of see with this presidency? Um, with Joe Biden being the president, I definitely expect, you know, normalcy. Getting back to what being a president actually stands for and what it means, we know we all know for a fact that Joe Biden is not going to be perfect. And the thing that kind of concerns me is his age. He's 78 years old. I feel like they should definitely put a an age limit on, you know, presidents being an actual president because Joe Biden is 78 years old like in four years he's gonna be 82 so that's the thing that kind of concerns me a little bit but as far as expectations for Joe just do everything you say you're gonna do just stand on what you what you what you say you're gonna do you said you're gonna get us the relief that we need and you need to go ahead and get it done I just feel like Joe, he moves different. He's a different kind of guy. He moves different. We're not going to get a Trump type of guy with him. You know, Trump going to get on Twitter, tell you this, this, and that, all that. But, you know, with Joe, I feel like he's just going to let the American people know what's going on, what, how we're going to maneuver through certain things and stuff like that. So I feel like with him being a president, we're getting back to normalcy. But we still have a lot of a lot of stuff that needs to be fixed as far as racism and s- systematic racism and stuff like that. There's a lot of things that we still need to keep our foot down on him, regardless of who is the president, because we we still need the change that we deserve and we still fight for that every day. And I feel like we can't just let up now because, you know, we got Trump out of office. We need to continue to put our foot down and continue to keep our foot on, on the next about, you know, racism and, you know, Black Lives Matter. It's a real movement out here. It's a real thing for sure. 
But I, I, I expect normalcy. Uh, nothing more than that. I just stand on what you say and what you're going to do. So that that's just how I feel about it. Um, I don't know if we have any more to, um, you know, say about it or anything. Yeah, I was just going to say uh, and, and add, you know, that's got to be the next point of um, they, that we need to work on. Obviously, you know, I feel like these um, these people that support Trump and still support him, you know, they kind of have that that sense of entitlement and are, you know, still pretty much feeling they can say and do whatever they want and things like that. So I think this presidency is also going to be about how, you know, they how we deal with as a as a country, you know, dealing with racism still and, and dealing with, you know, outward, you know, uh, hate and bigotry and whatnot. And, you know, how they're going to react with him in office now. And obviously they still don't think, you know, he should be president. They still don't think, you know, he won the vote, even though he's been sworn in. So it's going to be about probably the first six months about those people that uh, have delusion, you know, and, and won't accept the facts. So I think that's also going to be another part. And like you said, um, you know, as African community, African-American community, we have to continue to to fight for these injustices because, you know, the the officers that killed Breonna Taylor still still are out there. You know, uh, we got no justice for uh, the officers involved in the George Floyd incident. So, you know, there's still some things that needs to be done on that front. And I think police reform and, and doing whatever with the police, whatever they decide to do is going to be important as well. So I think he's going to have he's going to have some address address issues to address uh, throughout the throughout his presidency. And obviously, first is getting the pandemic under control, but they got some things socially and and just in general that we also need to hit on that we both just touched on. So I expect I expect him, you know, especially with uh, Kamala Harris as well as the VP, uh, you know, so we didn't really get to talk about either, you know, being the first black woman as a, a vice president and, high, and hold that high of a uh, position in our government. I think that's also important to note. But we, we got to continue to to fight and continue to uh, make sure that our voices are still being heard and that changes are being made, you know, whether it be policing, you know, uh, just in general in the community, uh, those things still need to happen. Well, yeah, we definitely want to give a shout out to Kamala Harris for sure. Black vice president, it gets no better than that. You know, black, black is beautiful. Black is great. And we just want to see Kamala do great things as the vice president. You know, if Joe has to step down, you know, ultimately she's going to be the, the next president. A female as a president and a black president? Yeah, that's going to be dope for sure. But, you know, definitely shout out to um, Kamala Harris for sure. Uh, moving right along. <clears throat> this is a very touchy subject that I want to get into. Yeah, so the Saints, brother. I don't know if I want to get your thoughts on the game, but I'm going to leave that for another day. 
As far as the Saints offseason, man, what you think we need to address, you know, to get us over this hump? Because obviously we, we're missing something. I don't know what it is, but in, in your mind, what do you think we need to acquire or get to get over this hump, bro? Because I ain't going to lie to you. I don't know if I can take another year of this for sure. Um, this is very – this is getting very – very draining four years in a row yeah that's not it but what do you think or, or who do you think we need to acquire to get over that hump man? well i don't think necessarily acquire but we need to figure out the quarterback situation that's the first and foremost thing who is going to be under center next year and you know we really haven't seen Jameis winston we don't know what his total package brings we, we saw him throw probably like eight or nine passes this year and, and he had a gorgeous uh, passing touchdown in, in the loss to the Bucks, So I think that's going to be the first thing they have to address who is going to be quarterback next year because Drew Brees hasn't officially announced his retirement, but all indications seem that he's going to retire. So I think you got to address the quarterback position. You got Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston on the roster right now, not necessarily on the roster, but in kind of in the saddle, so to speak. Jameis Winston is a free agent. We had to figure out if we're going to re-sign him. But if neither of them, they think, are going to be the quarterback uh, of the future, you got to look at maybe trading for Matthew Stafford from the Lions uh, and, and bring him in. You know, he's an experienced veteran, hasn't played on a good team, probably played, only have played on one or two good teams his entire career with the Lions. Uh, and we just had Dan Campbell go over to the Lions, so that would be a nice favor uh, for the Saints to, to get him in return. But I think you look at him. I don't think we have the pieces to, to trade for Deshaun Watson. Um, and I don't want to leverage our future either because we have a, a ton of contracts that we need to restructure and look at. Like Ryan Ramchek, you know, he's due for a contract. Marshawn Lattimore, he's due for a contract. So there are guys that we need to take a look at first before we decide to make any drastic move uh, before we decide to make any, um, you know, big quarterback change, we had to figure out our cap situation. And a lot of people pinpoint that, you know, we're like 77 million over the cap. But, you know, I'm, I trust the front office to, to make the decision they need to restructure contracts and find a way to backload those contracts. So, you know, we can take a, a because we're, we're going to take a big cap hit from Drew Brees this year. That's just the the fact of the matter, you know, and especially if he retires, I think it's like a 20 some million cap hit or some, some ridiculous like that. So first things first, figure out who you want at quarterback. If you're going to trade for someone, then you got to start shuffling the pieces around. But uh, if not, you know, I think Jameis Winston would be the, the best option going forward for right now. And, and then figure out what you're going to do later. But you got to address that quarterback position because, the defense, for the most part, is pretty set. You know, the pass rush was disappointing against the Bucks, but it looks like we may have to start looking for Cam Jordan's replacement, too, uh, so we can talk about a little bit later. But first things first, got to get that quarterback position sealed up because Drew Brees is, even if he comes back next year, I, he's probably not going to be nowhere near where he needs to be to, to make this offense effective. What about you? What are you thinking? Definitely the quarterback situation. 
we just need a quarterback. We're just going to throw, throw the ball down the field, man. We need more than five-yard duck downs every play. You know what I'm saying? So I think for sure we definitely need to address the quarterback situation. I like Jameis. I feel like he'll be a, a, a good quarterback for us. But if you want to move on, then, you know, I definitely look at Matthew Stafford. But I'm really hoping we can really make a move for Deshaun Watson. I'm not even going to lie to you. That'd be a perfect fit. I'm telling you, that'd be a perfect fit. You put Deshaun Watson with Sean Payton? Oh, my God. He can really open up the playbook for sure with Deshaun Watson because he can make every throw that you want in a quarterback. So, but definitely the quarterback situation, I feel like we need a tight end. I'm not sold on Jerry Cook, man. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. He's very inconsistent. He has been very inconsistent. Just from the standpoint of him carrying the ball, him making the hard catches, but then dropping easy catches, I feel like we definitely need to address that tight end situation because we have a lot of tight ends, but I feel like none of them pop out or stand out like Jimmy Graham. So I think we definitely need to address the tight end situation as well because I'm I'm not pleased with Jerry Cook's performances. One week he shows up, then the next three to four weeks he's he just doesn't show up. And I, I'm just not feeling that. And, you know, of course, with Drew Brees, you know, hitting his 20th year, you know what I'm saying, he definitely wants to hit his tight end. And, you know, he's not going to be able to make every throw like he used to, but you know what I'm saying? He can get it to a tight end because the tight end is not running deep routes like receivers. And I feel like Jared Cook, you know, this could have been his his year that, you know what I'm saying, he really took another step forward because, you know, Drew is, Drew is not throwing the ball down the field. We know that for a fact. So, you know, Jared Cook would have been that, that guy that he could rely on. And I just feel like he showed up one week, then the next couple of weeks he was just so inconsistent. And it just kept and it kept going on this whole year and it imploded essentially against the Bucks. You know what I'm saying? He dropping, he dropping balls, he fumbling at a crucial moment of the game where I feel like if we scored on that drive, because we scored on the first drive of the second half. And the way and, and I said it the week before, the way he carries the ball, he's gonna fumble if he get hit. Because he did the same thing in Chicago, and he was carrying the ball, you know what I'm saying, out there on his arm. And I was like, if he do that again, he's going to fumble. And look what happened uh, against the Bucks. So we definitely have to address the tight end situation for sure, because I, I feel like we need a reliable tight end who's going to get the job done and, you know, be a reliable target as far as when you get in the red zone and stuff like that. So definitely the tight end situation for sure. Well, the only thing with that is I don't know if they're going to spend another pick this year on the tight end because they just got Adam Troutman uh, over the uh, last year in the draft uh, in the third round, I believe. Um, but the thing with tight ends, it's going to be difficult to try and just draft another one because most of the time it takes tight ends three or four years to really translate in the NFL and become who we think they'll be, you know. Uh, everyone won't be like George Kittle or Travis Kelsey or anything like that, where we knew immediately. So I think Troutman is very good for this uh, Saints offense and the versatility he brings. But 
I think with, you know, the pandemic and the shortened time in training camp, I think that also hurt him because he should have been surpassed Jared Cook, if we're being honest. The thing with Jared Cook, the thing that's plagued him his entire career is that there are games where he plays dominant. Like last year against the 49ers, before he went out with a concussion, he was he was killing them. And we were probably going to win that game should he, you know, should he not have gotten hurt. And really down the stretch during last season, he played well. But his inconsistencies, his highs are really high, but his lows are super low. Because like even the, the, the second time we played the Bucs this season, he fumbled in that game as well. He missed a block for a sack. So he hasn't played well against the Bucs at all this season and continued on um, last Sunday, you know, when we lost to the Buccaneers. So the thing with him is he just carries a ball like a loaf of bread, you know, and it, it got it got up to him because teams study that. You know, they study everything from route combinations to – how you carry the ball to how you run the route. So the Buccaneers knows that and they know knew they would have a chance to do so. And that changed the moment of the game, like you said. And the, the thing that's been missed, I know we weren't supposed to talk about the Saints in general, but the thing that's been disappointing for the Saints is every game in the playoffs they played is not like they didn't have a lead at some point or they didn't control the game, but they beat themselves every time, every time they beat themselves. And they're their own worst enemy when you when it comes to the end of the day because they're a better team than the Buccaneers. I, I, I don't care what the final score says. They beat them handily the first two matchups, and the Saints beat themselves at the end of the day. And that's, that's been the common denominator. They can't close the door when they have the door almost shut. You know, uh, going back to the Rams game in 2018, they could run up 14-0. Dan Arnold drops a touchdown that changed kind of the complexion of the game because then the Rams were on their heels. We had just intercepted Jared Goff. Uh, you look at last year against the Vikings, we were driving about to take probably seal the game, Taysom Hill fumbles. So every time that we have a chance to close the door, we don't. And obviously the Minnesota miracle, we know what happened with that. I don't have to go into too much detail, but we haven't been able to slam the door like other teams slam the door when it's time to, you know, close the team out. We like, like for them to hang around. So that's kind of been the, the common denominator with the Saints and the reason why we're here uh, another year with another playoff loss. So that's all I got to say about that. I thoroughly agree. We definitely need to address that too. When we get a lead, man, we just need to keep our foot on the pedal. It just feel like they let up and then, you know, all of a sudden, it's a three-point game, and we got to come down, you know, to the refs, you know, making calls for us to win the game or, you know, going against us. So I definitely agree with that as well. Um, I do want to get your opinion on this Deshaun Watson uh, stuff going on. How do you feel he, about Deshaun Watson, and what what do you think he should do? as far as, you know, his options on want, wanting to leave Houston. Because it's, it's cut clear in day that he doesn't want to be there no more. So um, what do you think his options are as far as being able to, you know, get a trade done and try to get out of Houston? Well, uh, there's not many teams that have the um, really the value for him. He's worth at least three first-round picks. 
uh, and, and maybe a couple of second round picks. And a lot of teams don't really have that. The only teams that really have that ability to do so would be the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets. And uh, the Miami Dolphins would be an ideal fit for him because they have a good defense already. But the thing with trading for him, they're not going to be able to get him weapons. So that would be the biggest, you know, kind of drawback unless they go out and sign Allen Robinson or a few other receivers. But they need a lot more depth and they need more weapons. So that's what I worry about with the Dolphins. And obviously, we know him going to the Jets will be a disaster because they're still rebuilding their offensive line. Uh, they need uh, some more weapons as, as well on the outside and their defense needs some improvement. So I think he's in a tough situation because the teams that can trade for him uh, don't don't necessarily have the depth and, and can build around him. So I think for him, he's just going to wait it out, unfortunately. Uh, probably wait till near training camp or right before training camp. But it's probably going to be after the draft before he, before he gets dealt because teams are not wanting to trade away their assets to get him. He's worth it, but unless you're a team like the 49ers or um, – trying to think of some other teams that that may want him or need a quarterback uh the Colts maybe maybe they'll they'll be in play to get him uh because they got a ton of draft capital and, and they have a pretty much team set up to win now and Phillip Rivers just retired too uh so teams like that were really only maybe the 49ers uh as well you know they they have a solid defense they had almost half their team hurt and uh they're done with Jimmy Garoppolo pretty much so he doesn't have too many options. It's probably going to be after the draft when he gets dealt. But uh, also don't be surprised if just out of the blue, he does get dealt beforehand, you know. So I, th- I think that's going to be important. Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like he's worth, you know, a couple first round or second round draft picks for sure. But honestly, I just want to see him. Uh, I want to see him in the playoffs, um, you know, give him an opportunity and see what he can do. He still was one of the top five passers, you know, without a lot of weapons on his team in Houston. So I feel like you get him some weapons that are going to stay healthy for a whole year. You know what I'm saying? This might this dude going to be dangerous for sure. But I definitely want to see him competing for a championship, not wasting his years for an organization that's not going to put no talent around him. I don't want him essentially being like a Matthew Stafford of the NFL because, you know, Matthew Stafford, he's still one of the top quarterbacks, but he's just been on a a stink team for the last, what, eight, nine years since Calvin Johnson left. Let's just keep it a buck. So I definitely want to see him competing for a championship because he's one of those quarterbacks. He's really one of those once-in-a-lifetime quarterbacks that, you know, who is very accurate, who can throw the ball deep and just knows how to dissect the defense. So I I feel like he definitely needs to be able to, you know, get traded to a to a, a team that's going to compete for a championship for sure. I'm not sure, you know, what are they going to do about his contract, though, because, you know, he signed, he signed what they signed that five-year deal um, with Houston. So essentially, so – with him signing that five-year deal, is the team that he can trade to, are they going to have to pick up his uh, – are they going to have to pick up his contract? Sorry. 
Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, kind of kind of what happens with with Stafford and really the Watson situation. I think both of those things are both of those players are, are players that need to get out of their current destinations and uh, get to where they need to. Um, but yeah, uh, like you said, you know, both are deserving of a championship level team. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens with that and, and what happens kind of going forward. Um, so I expect probably Stafford to, he might stick around. Um, I don't think he'll probably end up getting traded. Uh, but uh, as for Watson, he'll definitely get traded, but it'll just be be about when and who to. So uh, that's definitely something that we'll have to keep an eye out for. And, you know, and, and it will change the complexion of the NFL for sure. You know, getting him on, getting them both on uh, championship level teams. Most definitely. Yeah. So that does it for this show today. I want to leave you with a positive affirmation. If you have good thoughts, they will shine out of your face like sunbeams and you will always look lovely. It's my positive affirmation for today, Dad. What you got for me? I like that. I like that. Uh, for me, you know, it's just about continuing to social distance and wash your hands. Make sure, uh, you know, every time you get in, go go in somewhere, leave somewhere, make sure you're hand sanitizing or washing your hands in general and continue to stay safe and healthy during these times and uh, make sure stay in, in contact with your family and uh, continue to, to lean on, on the people you love and, and continue to show love to people. I agree, man. Dual Vision Podcast, we out. We will holler at y'all next week.